Today is March 10th, 2021, and our first story. Governor Gavin Newsom of California says there will not be a return to normal when the COVID pandemic ends because normal means inequity. The governor is exploiting social justice ideas in order to maintain his emergency COVID powers and maintain certain aspects of the lockdown. We've seen many stories claiming the earth is healing and we need these lockdowns. So it certainly seems like many on the left and many Democrats are seeking to exploit this crisis for some kind of ulterior political gain. Our next story, Stephen Crowder got suspended on Twitter again, though they didn't say exactly why. We're seeing censorship absolutely escalate. The purge is getting worse. And we even saw Mumford and Sons, the famous band's banjo player, issue an apology for simply saying he liked a book by Andy No. People are being told they are not allowed to speak. They are being humiliated. And very few people are willing to stand up. When they do, you will see people like Steven Crowder get suspended and maybe even eventually banned. And our last story, Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan may face criminal charges over nursing home deaths in the state. Though many people seem to think it's not likely, it may actually happen. And even Governor Andrew Cuomo is being investigated for the same policies. Before we get started, leave us a good review, five stars if you like the show, and tell us what you like about the show. It really does help. Let's get into that first story. A video went viral not that long ago from the World Economic Forum that said, it's 2030, you own nothing and you are happy, or or something to that effect. A lot of people were mad about this idea, but there are a lot of people who support the authoritarian lockdowns and COVID lockdowns specifically to help curb climate change and bring about massive economic reform around the world. Some might call it a conspiracy. I don't think it needs to be that far. There are just political interests and they're willing to exploit the ongoing crisis for their ideology. Case in point, Gavin Newsom. Recently, he gave a speech to California where he said that the COVID pandemic may end but we are not going back to normal because normal would bring about inequity. Inequity, not inequality, inequity. Gavin Newsom of California wants to maintain his COVID powers, elements of the authoritarian lockdown, and he's going to cite inequity to do it. And there have been many people who have said similar things. In a Forbes article recently, they said the world needs the equivalent of a COVID style lockdown every two years because of climate change. Recently, there have been many videos and articles coming out talking about how the planet is finally healing. And it was April of last year when we saw our first article saying the COVID lockdown is healing the planet. Now, I think the pandemic is serious. I think people should take reasonable precautions, but it seems to be going down. We have the vaccine. Yet for some reason, even with the vaccine, even on CNN, they question Anthony Fauci saying, we have the vaccine. People have gotten two doses. Why are you still saying they can't travel? And Fauci says, well, you know, without the data, it's a judgment call. So what's the point of doing any of it if it doesn't change anything? And that's the scary thing to me, because I think people should get their vaccines. But when you have people like Anthony Fauci going on TV and saying nothing will change, it's disincentivizing people and telling them no matter what you do, things will not go back to the way they were. What's interesting about what Gavin Newsom says when he talks about inequity is that the covid lockdown contributed or caused the largest transfer of wealth in probably the history of humanity. Small businesses and the middle class were gutted and destroyed 
People were told they cannot walk in work. In one famous viral video, a woman who owns a restaurant in California showed how her outside seating was barred and literally right next to it was identical outside seating for a Hollywood movie production of some sort. Meaning, rules for thee, but not for me, or for us at the very least. The elites are allowed to carry on and do their thing, flying in private jets, and if they can afford it, traveling around the world, because now you got to pay a couple grand if you fly to another country. But the rules are being imposed on working class people, and it's crushing them. And perhaps there's an obvious reason. When Gavin Newsom says, inequity. It sounds like what he's suggesting is they want to crush all businesses so then everyone is equally poor. Sounds awfully communistic, like that tends to be what happens in these communist countries. And it would it would seem that someone like Gavin Newsom is absolutely willing to exploit a crisis to do it. There's a big difference between a grand conspiracy, a network of elite international interests conspiring on how they're going to do things, and simply political interests that see an opportunity. As the saying goes, never let a good crisis go to waste. So I don't think there's a grand conspiracy. I think there are sociopaths like Gavin Newsom who are sitting there looking at the paperwork saying, hey, if I can maintain power that no one else has and all I have to do is cite some environmental issue, I will do it. And it's exactly what is happening. Well, let's read this story and go through what's really going on and why keeping these lockdowns enforced and, and not returning to normal will only make inequity worse. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. It's basically a way you can support my work in the event we get banned, which seems likely moving forward as the ideological war only escalates. The culture war is getting worse and more and more channels are getting banned. Steven Crowder recently posted on Instagram that he's got a seven day suspension on Twitter. So if you want to make sure that we can keep functioning and keep working, even in the event there is some kind of purge that hits us. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, but don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Let's read this story. Hot Air reports, Newsom to Californians, Californians, let's face it, we're never getting back to normal. They say that's a great message to send to a restive electorate after a year of fumbling the response to COVID-19. Gavin Newsom tried to get cute in his State of, in his state of the Union speech from an empty Dodger stadium, pledging to deliver a new and improved normal. But it fell as flat as, well, Newsom's entire gubernatorial career. Small wonder Californians want to push him out of office before the end of his term via, via an upcoming recall. That's right. The recall deadline is coming, and Gavin Newsom may actually get recalled for failing when it comes to the COVID lockdown. Here's a quote. California Governor Gavin Newsom will say during a state of the state address, it's a state of the state address, that the pandemic will end soon. But when it does, Newsom will say, quote, we are not going back to normal because normal accepts inequity. That's according to excerpts from Newsom's speech that the governor's office released Tuesday. The Democratic governor is scheduled to deliver the address at Dodger Stadium as he faces a likely recall election later this year, fueled by widespread anger over his handling of the pandemic. The governor further explained his comment that normal accept inequity by elaborating that inequity was the reason Latinos were dying from COVID at a higher rate over any other racial or ethnic group in the state, why the poor wages of essential workers are not enough to live on, and why the state has seen mothers leave the workforce in dramatic numbers. Hot Air says, how can anyone be this tone deaf, especially while facing a recall for a population locked down for almost a year whose businesses have been destroyed and health wrecked? The status quo ante of February 2020 
looks pretty good as a destination. The other issues can get solved when the emergency ends and people get their normal lives back. He mentions Lee Barkukis rounds up some reactions, but says this response seems to be the most comprehensive, but it leaves out one key point, quote, his draconian lockdowns have caused more inequity as the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. One Twitter user said minority owned businesses shuttered. His wealthy white friends did just great. Minority communities devastated. How full of S can one man be? They say even taking Newsom at his intent, however, it raises the question as to why the old normal was so iniquitous. Exactly who has been running things in California anyway? Why that would be Newsom himself, who took office two years ago in January 2019, well before the pandemic, before that fellow progressive Democrat Jerry Brown ran the state for eight years. Progressive Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger had eight years before that, and Gray Davis got almost five years in before the boot in recall election that put Schwarzenegger in office. One has to go all the way back to the first week of 1999 to find Pete Wilson, a moderate to conservative Republican in charge of the Golden State. And what about the legislature? Democrats have held super majorities in the legislature for more than a decade and have held majorities in both chambers every year since 1996. The state's two massive metropolises, L.A. and San Francisco, have been under progressive Democrat control for decades. Democrats control most of the smaller cities and towns in the state, too. California is as one party a state as it gets. Even Massachusetts elects Republicans to statewide office from time to time. So how did California become such a den of inequality? You mean inequity? Maybe Newsom can explain that during the recall election. But it seems more likely that voters will be explaining that to Newsom instead. Too bad they won't learn learn the real lesson and kick out its entire leadership class and start over again. This is one of the most important points, two very important points. Democrats absolutely have a supermajority in California. I once worked for a homeless shelter in California, and I often wondered why it was that we could not solve these problems. We were supposed to be the ones fighting injustice and ensuring that these people are being helped. Doesn't work that way. Because it doesn't matter what political party you're from. Once you have a supermajority, there's no political competition. There's no obligation to do anything. See, when you have a balance between at least two parties, and I think two parties is still fairly bad, at least the Republicans can say, here's the alternative. And then the Democrats are forced to compete with this. But when the Democrats shut out Republicans and become a uniparty state, a one party state, then they can simply say, I don't got to do anything because our party is going to win no matter what. So why is it that they couldn't solve these problems and bring about equity? Why, was, why, why is homelessness so awful in California? It's because the wealthy individuals benefit from these policies, not in my backyard. That was the saying. When there were proposals to, to bring in low-income housing to help homeless individuals or at least shelters, all of these progressives in California said, nah, or I should say faux progressives. They certainly pretend to be progressive, but at the end of the day, they certainly don't actually entertain any real policies that would help people. Let's talk about what Gavin Newsom is going to do. His policies, I believe, will only make things worse. Take a look at this from CNBC from just the other day. Inflation may have been warming up in February, but it could be hot by May. This means your savings will be worthless. The game stops. People seem to have figured this out. They're dumping their stimulus checks into GameStop stock, hoping that it skyrockets because otherwise what? What does it matter? We're going to see the mass printing of money, trillions upon trillions of dollars. And the reporting metric for the M1 money stock changed recently. And now people are saying, well, we just don't know. But inflation is coming. 
Food costs are skyrocketing. And when that happens, you get chaos. When people can't afford to eat, they will fight to eat. So all of this going on, the mass printing of money, the mass inflation, the supply chain shortages, and Gavin Newsom wants to maintain this level to a certain degree. When he says no new normal, he is, let's be fair, he is talking about reducing some of the lockdown requirements with this from deadline. They say Newsom announces plan to loosen California's lockdown requirements amid recall pressure. But he wants to maintain some of those powers. Which powers would that be and why? While they claim it's to fight inequity, that is just the excuse they always use. They claim to fight bigotry and racism, and they want to help people do better. In reality, they just help their friends. Why, it's Gavin Newsom who goes out to eat at fancy restaurants without a mask on with all of his wealthy Democrat Party friends. That's what's going to happen. Now, take a look at this from CNBC. They say inflation isn't just warming up, is just warming up. But by late spring, it could get downright hot, even if temporarily. February's Consumer Price Index, a measure of inflation, is expected to be up moderately when it's released Wednesday at 830 a.m. Uh, Eastern by May. The pace of headline consumer inflation on an annualized basis could be double February's pace. The debate in the market is whether the spike is transitory, as the Fed and many economists say, or the start of a bigger trend. Quote, the big question to ask is, will that level of heat we're going to see by May be sustained or not? Said Barclays senior U.S. economist Blarina Uruchi. I'm in the camp of people who think probably not, but there are some who think the opposite. Economists expect the consumer price index. Uh, expect the consumer price index rose 0.4% in February or up 1.7 from a year ago. That compares to 0.3 in January and a 1.4% rise on an annual basis. When energy and food are excluded, the core CPI is expected to be up 0.1% in February or an annualized pace of 1.3. Okay, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty jargon of what this means. I'll just show you what it means from Bloomberg. Food prices are soaring faster than inflation and incomes. As the COVID-19 pandemic wreaks havoc on economic growth, concerns about hunger and malnutrition are rising around the world. Is this the, the new normal that Gavin Newsom and these other governors want? They want food prices to skyrocket? I'd say yes. Think about what equity is. You may have seen that famous graphic that breaks down the idea of equity versus equality. Equality would be everybody gets a box to stand on so you can see the baseball game over the fence. But some people are just shorter than others, and some people are taller, so not everybody needs the box to stand on. Equity says give a little bit more to the people we deem deserving of it. While it's easy to explain in a comic book image of people standing against a fence, how do you quantify when it comes to race? They look at COVID death rates. Sure, but those are poverty issues. So maybe we can do things based on poverty, and that will disproportionately affect certain marginalized groups. That's, your, that's their own logic. They don't do that, though. What they're really saying is they want the, the ability. They want the power to pick and choose winners regardless of the race or gender identity or whatever. They'll use that as an excuse, but say, give us the power. And what will you see? I'd be willing to bet you'll see a lot of like what's going on in New York City, where Bill de Blasio said as real estate value crumbles and the city is destroyed by their policies, they swoop in to buy up the property for pennies on the dollar. That's amazing. It's almost like they did it on purpose. I'm not accusing them of doing it because I can't read their minds. But wow, is it perfect for the government, for these for these ideologues? 
People were driven out of these cities. The economies were destroyed. People were forced to flee. And then when the property value is worthless because nobody wants to buy it, Bill de Blasio says we're going to buy up these buildings and turn it into low income housing. Well, there you go. Now, I think it's fair to point out we do have problems on this planet. There are issues of too many people in certain places. Many people have, have recently reached out to me talking about the rat utopia experiment and what happens when a population just gets too much food and is crammed into tiny spaces. Doesn't bode well for the species. But I do not believe in authoritarianism. I believe in community building. We need to encourage people to get out into nature. We need to encourage, encourage people to live further away from cities. Now, my friends over in the rural areas are saying, stop, stop. Don't tell them to come here. They're going to make it all worse. And they probably will. Because they'll move to these red areas and then vote for blue policies and then bring about the same destruction these cities had wrought. Food prices are soaring. This, I believe, has the biggest impact on everybody. And you know what? When they talk about inequity, They're not talking about giving you a box to stand on. They're talking about making you as poor as everyone else. That's the name of the game. Then once everyone is almost equally poor, only the government can step in to give you those paychecks. Unfortunately, even Joe Biden's not giving everybody what they asked for. Bloomberg reports global food prices are going up and the timing couldn't be worse. In Indonesia, tofu is 30 percent more expensive than it was in December. In Brazil, the price of local mainstay turtle beans is up 54% compared to last January. In Russia, consumers are paying 61% more for sugar than a year ago. Emerging markets are feeling the pain of a blistering surge in raw material costs as commodities from oil to copper and grains are driven higher by expectations for a roaring 20s post-pandemic economic recovery, as well as ultra-loose monetary policies. You see, framing is everything. We've heard in the other article about inflation. No, 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 no. Things are going to be fine. They're going to be fine, fine, fine. Bitcoin is over $56,000. Maybe you don't know a lot about Bitcoin, but let me tell you this. If you, what what is it? If you uh, bought bought Bitcoin instead of Toy Story 3 on DVD, you would be a millionaire right now. And what does that really mean? Well, there's a high demand for Bitcoin because many people view it as a safe hedge, a safe store of value as economic markets are feeling the heat. And that means when the reports come out that the dollar is going to inflate and it's going to inflate dramatically and food prices are skyrocketing, people are going to start storing their money in places where they can hedge that bet and make sure that when the U.S. dollar inflates dramatically and everyone's savings becomes worthless, they will remain safe. For those that may not be familiar, I'll give you uh, familiar with, with how this stuff works. Let me give you a very, very simple example. Let's say you save $10. You put in your bank and say, I have $10. And an apple costs $1 at the local food cart. You know you have 10 apples worth of currency. Then inflation hits. Now apples cost $2, which means your $10 can only buy half as many apples. I know there are a lot of adults who are watching who say, Tim, we understand basic economics. I know, I know, but there are probably a lot of people who don't. It basically means your savings is losing purchasing power. And that means more than how much money you have. But we've created a system where people can't see this. They'll look in their bank account and say, I got a hundred bucks. Yeah. And they'll hold it and they'll save it. And then a year later, they can only buy half as much as they could with that hundred dollars. Now I I get it. Look, inflation isn't 100%. You're not seeing a doubling over and over and over, but the prices are certainly skyrocketing, which means when you put your money in the bank to save it for a rainy day, it loses buying power over time. And in a long enough period of time, you'll be able to buy anything with it. They say, quote, People will have to get used to paying more for food, said Sylvain 
Charles uh, Boy, director of the Agri-Food and Analytics Lab and Dalouis University in Canada. It's only going to get worse. Is that what we want? Or should Newsom back off and allow people to get back to business? Let's tie it all together. California produces a lot of the world's food, a very large portion, especially for the United States. So if California makes these moves and locks things down and proposes insane laws and rules and regulations, it will affect everybody to varying degrees. Now, there, there, there are some good things because I think you have to understand the nuance in all things. I'm not a fan of the authoritarianism. I'm not a fan of the despots who tell you what is right and what is wrong, because what happens when they are wrong? A decentralized system is much, much better than a centralized one for many reasons. To have one individual say, here's the kind of government we must have. What if he's wrong? And then we all get screwed over because of it. That's why we don't want it. Decentralization. But it doesn't mean we need to be more responsible than we've been. And for the longest time, people in America have been lazy and gluttonous. And I know y'all know it, especially people in cities. So there is some good stuff coming out of this. People should eat locally. People should stop eating processed garbage and people should eat a lot less. Boy, people in this country eat way too much. Everybody does. So maybe getting people back to nature Having them chop some lumber for the fireplace and be responsible for themselves is a good thing. I don't like the authoritarianism that's being born out of it. And I I would I would absolutely say it's bad and worse because as I often say, the ends do not justify the means because you will never meet the end. There are many people who believe it doesn't matter what we do to get there so long as we get there because getting there is better. It is better to have a clean, sustainable planet, and we will do whatever we have to to get there. But if you create an authoritarian system of manipulation, you're not creating a better future that's freer for people and brings about equity. You're bringing about exactly the tactics you create. That's why communism doesn't work. For one, one of the reasons it doesn't work, because you have people who say they're willing to lie, cheat, steal, and burn things down in order to gain power because only they're the good guys. But I ask you, After you've staged your glorious revolution, what will you do to stop the next glorious revolution? And that's how it goes. Those who would lie, cheat, and steal to gain power lie, cheat, and steal to maintain power because they are never satisfied. There is never a point at which they say, we're done. We've done it. Congratulations. We've achieved utopia. That means if Gavin Newsom is allowed to maintain these powers, whatever he's trying to do, he will never give them up and it will be the new normal. And that, to me, is one of the more worrying things that we're seeing. Check this out from Forbes. World needs equivalent of pandemic lockdown every two years to meet Paris carbon emission goals. What about China? Why is China not playing by the rules? We all cripple our countries and China just does whatever it wants. Amazing. China is building more coal power plants right now, even though they said they wouldn't do it. But we're all expected to drop down on bent knee and say, yes, my liege to these agreements. Now, I think the ultimate uh, end goal should be having India and China absolutely reduce carbon emissions. But what do we do when they won't? What happens if we cripple ourselves and our country because we think it's the right thing to do? China will follow by example. No, they won't. They will use their, their ability to massively economically expand to take over, to become the world superpower. And if they get Taiwan, it will be the case. No one will ever trust America again. And that's where it seems to be going. Right now, China is rapidly expanding. And the US and Europe may be saying we need to curb carbon emissions. 
China's response probably internally says, how much can the world reasonably handle in terms of carbon emissions? And they say, you know, X part per, you know, per million or whatever. And then they say, okay, well, the Americans and the Europeans have reduced their, their output so we can increase it that much, right? They will take the, the, the opportunity to exploit the system, produce more carbon, build more power plants, rapidly expand, and then they become the superpower. And the big question I have for everybody is, do you want to live in a world where China is the superpower who dictates culture and exports culture? You don't. But it seems like we're getting to that point. While you certainly do have free speech in this country to a certain degree, we're losing it as private corporations seize the commons. Our ability to speak is being curbed. Now, in China, you just go to they lock you up and they torture you and beat you if you you know step out of line. In the U.S., not so much for the most part, but there have been some very egregious instances where things like that have happened. But it looks like there are people who are useful idiots, zealously ignorant, and will absolutely demand the U.S. drop down on bent knee. Meanwhile, China just keeps carrying on. It's something I brought up about uh, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg recently gave a statement. She's the, you know, how dare you young woman who's very into uh, climate change. And, you know, she took that boat across the, the Atlantic. She said Joe Biden wasn't doing enough for climate change. I wonder, where's the statement on Xi Jinping? And China, maybe she made one, but it's not particularly prominent. Her activism seems to be focused at the United States. Why is that? Perhaps it's an exploit. I think so. I think the United States has been exporting culture for a long time and created a, uh, a problem for this country, much like Donald Trump created a problem for himself by his inability to shut up. Trump would tweet over and over again. And while it benefited him initially and helped get him elected because people were seeing what he was saying, and he was getting a ton of press attention. As the president, the negative press attention made everyone go insane and ultimately backfired and started hurting the president. The United States exported culture for a very, very long time. Movies, music, we still do. And because of this, the U.S. becomes the center of attention in the world. And because of this, every problem in this country becomes the problem to talk about. And other countries get overlooked. I recently had a conversation with Cassandra Fairbanks about war and intervention. We talked about what China is doing with concentration camps. And I said, we can't be doing business with them. We have to, we have to, we have to do something to stop these atrocities. And she said, a bunch of countries are committing atrocities. Why only China? It's a good point. We are hyper-focused on China. And I think for good reason, but it's true. Many other countries are engaging in very awful atrocities, things that we should stop as well. And we don't focus on that. Why? Because it's always about what the media tells us to focus on. So even now we're being told to worry about China and not other countries, which, which could be worse or could be doing worse things. You have many on the left who are more focused on Israel than they are on China. Everybody has their priorities. That being said, I do think it's fair to point out the real threat we face is not Russia. It's not QAnon. It is China because it's conventional in, in a sense. There, there is a real threat of real war with China and the U.S. China has been staging drills for uh, beaching. Many people suspect that they'll try to take Taiwan. Taiwan, of course, is an island uh, uh, nation. They consider themselves to be a nation, but China says it's one China and they're a part of China and they must be brought under the direct control. They've already taken Hong Kong. So it's happening. There's various images uh, around the Pacific and the atolls in, 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 the, in the Pacific area where you can see China expanding military bases and gaining ground. If China takes Taiwan and the U.S. does nothing to stop it, Faith in the U.S. as a superpower will be over, and China will be the dominant force. It's already happening. The NBA, Blizzard, the video game company, so, uh, Mark Cuban, 
Steve Kerr. They're all just basically saying, leave China alone. They're not so bad. We shouldn't get involved with them. It's amazing. Now, there are still some valid points to all this, but I take a look at what's going on with these governors. Criminal charges may be brought against Governor Whitmer. I really doubt it. And potentially Andrew Cuomo. I really doubt it over what happened with the nursing homes. But they're absolutely going to use every opportunity to exploit the system to gain power for themselves. But in the end, who benefits? It's not the United States. The culture wars, the hyperpolarization, and the refusal to give up power is leading this country toward ruin. With Gavin Newsom facing a, a recall effort, he's on the verge of, of losing his position. And he's only exacerbating it, making things worse. From Ballotopedia, they say, I'm sorry, Ballotpedia, Newsom recall signature deadline is next week. The organizers of an effort to recall Governor Newsom, the Democrat, have until March 17th to turn in signatures in an attempt to get the recall on the ballot. To trigger a recall election, organizers must turn in 1,495,709 signatures, which is equal to 12% of the total votes cast in 2018's gubernatorial election. If supporters turn in enough valid signatures to trigger a recall, the additional procedural steps dictate a recall election to take place within 60 to 80 days. In the most recent report, period, ending in February 5th, the California Secretary of State had reviewed 798,310 signatures and deemed 668,202 of those valid. At the time of the report, there were still 296,147 signatures submitted that had not yet been reviewed. According to media reports, recall organizers had turned in more than 1.9 million signatures to the, sec- to the Secretary of State's office as of March 3rd. It's interesting. Signature verification is paramount when it comes to impeaching a, or I'm sorry, recalling a Democratic governor. But when it came to the 2020 presidential election, didn't matter all so much, didn't. They're trying desperately to stop these efforts. And I'm really worried that the Democratic processes that we have in this country to protect us from despots are being eroded. Gavin Newsom has straight up just declared himself supreme dictator. We're not going to go back to normal because normal is inequity. And he can just do it. He will just do it. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden or Kamala Harris does something similar. This is the new reality we're facing. I wonder, there was, there was an article, I think it was Town Hall, are we even in a republic anymore? Do elections even matter? It was over 10 years ago. I believe we heard from Citigroup is during Occupy Wall Street that we live in a I think they, they called it a platonomy or plut, they, they called it a plutonomy, I believe. But a plutocracy is probably the better word. We know that popular opinion has very little effect on government policy. It's almost exclusively how the wealthy donate. But something started changing. And so I am fairly optimistic in a certain respect. With the rise of populism, all of a sudden we see politicians catering to popular opinion. The media immediately said populism is wrong. No, it must remain elitism. Uh Oh, social media has empowered regular people to speak up and have their voices heard. But there may be some negatives, some some pros and some cons. Maybe this leads to hyperpolarization. You know, we are seeing hyperpolarization and maybe it's because of populist groups rising up and demanding their voice be heard. It'll result in what we saw in Nevada, where the entire Democratic Party staff quit. They resigned after Democratic Socialists won party leader positions. Ultimately, this results in a far left and far right faction. I don't mean literally the farthest possible, but further away from each other than they've been in a long time. I believe this primarily is driven by the left because we've seen the data suggesting this. And that leads to peaceful divorce or breakup of the country, the United United States of Canada and Jesus land, as the meme calls it. And that's one of the greatest things that could ever happen to China. They will have no more competition. A fractured U.S. means the superpower of this planet will be China. 
Maybe. Or maybe a peaceful breakup of this country results in a tacit alliance, and then you still have coalition forces that will defend the Pacific South, uh, the South, Southeast Pacific in, in, in Asia and Taiwan. But I'm not entirely convinced. I really do believe if the United States doesn't get its act together and come together and fight for freedom, liberty, the Constitution, we may very well break apart in some manner or another. And in the next several years, things could get really, really bad to the point where maybe China takes the superpower position, begins exporting their culture, and then we find ourselves and many other others around the world locked down by an authoritarian system where we have to abide by China's rules and their dominance. I certainly hope not, but it seems to be the case. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It is a live show. We'll be talking about a lot of these issues, so thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all then. Steven Crowder has announced on Instagram that he will not be having a show this morning as he crosses some T's and dots some I's pertaining to legal issues having to do with Twitter. Because Steven Crowder was suspended for seven days from Twitter, so he can't tweet, he can't retweet, he can't like. And they did not give him a reason. On Instagram, we can see this uh, from Steven Crowder. We've temporarily limited some of your account features. He says, no Louder with Crowder show this morning so that we can cross some T's, dot some I's. We're working on a major legal update. Hint, it's Twitter. And we'll have half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond on tomorrow for a barely legal update. As we can see here, we have the standard Twitter suspension message. And then he posts this. It says, wow. Hi, Stephen Crowder. Your account S. Crowder has been uh, has been looked uh, has been looked locked. Sorry, I can't. Say, it's hard to see the C for violating the Twitter rule specifically for. And there's nothing there. We have the story from the blaze. But this segment it's not about Stephen Crowder. It's not about Stephen Crowder. I was actually preparing to do a segment on Mumford and Sons and Barry Weiss, formerly of The New York Times, who wrote about how parents are meeting in secret to discuss ideas that go against the orthodoxy because they're scared if their schools find out that they are pushing back on the woke psychosis, they'll be canceled. Their reputations will be damaged. Their jobs will be damaged. Their children could be put at risk at school. And then sure enough, as I'm putting this together, the general idea being they are seeking to scare us and suppress us and make sure we do not speak. They want you humiliated like they did with the guy from Mumford and Sons. The story there is that apparently the banjo player tweeted out, hey, good, good on you, Andy No, It's brave to write a book about Antifa. And they attacked him. And he bent down, started sobbing and crying, saying, I'm so sorry, please, please. He begged, he begged for forgiveness. Reminds me of the Joker scene in The Dark Knight, where Joker walks into the room full of all of the, you know, uh, gangsters. And he goes, a year ago, nobody would dare touch you. What happened? Your balls drop off. What happened to these people who used to be punk rock rock stars who would stand up and say, oh, get out of here. I can say what I want. F you. What happened to the comedians who would get up on stage and say whatever they wanted? We still have them. Don't get me wrong. Like you got Joe Rogan, obviously, and Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais. They do a good job of it. And Ryan Long, obviously. But I'm going through the story. And then sure enough, what do I see? They, they, they suspended Steven Crowder. Listen, they've, they, they've gone after Crowder often. But the dude is clearly not a racist. He is clearly a political comedian and commentator who is edgy. We don't know why they even suspended him. There's a couple of reasons if you look at the news. But I bring this up 
Because for one, I think Crowder being one of the biggest voices pushing back on the censorship and the manipulation, it's significant when they try and shut him down. Now, I think the reason they haven't outright banned him, though he was banned from the YouTube partner program for some time, is because you go after the guy from Mumford and Sons, and then what? What's going to happen? Is, is the banjo player from Mumford and Sons going to go on his massive show to a million plus people and be like, no, stand up against this? He's not. If they outright ban Crowder, he's going to go on YouTube. He's going to get the message out and it's going to cause a massive uproar, which could cause a wave of action and energy they can't control. So they have to do it in increments. They have to do it very, very slowly. Here's a story from The Blaze. Twitter suspends Stephen Crowder's account without any explanation. Behold the modern public square, they report. In what may serve as just the latest example of big tech's targeting of conservatives, Twitter has suspended the account of popular Blaze TV host Stephen Crowder without explanation. Crowder confirmed the suspension to the Blaze Tuesday afternoon, adding that he had been locked out of his account since earlier in the morning and that the company never informed him as to why it took the action against him, saying, quote, no idea why Twitter locked me out as in the allotted category where they would include said information, was left blank. He told the Blaze, behold the modern public square, ever the thespian, Stephen. The Blaze reached out to Twitter seeking an explanation for the suspension, but did not receive a reply in time for publication. Crowder, who has frequently criticized modern big tech monopolies such as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for their unabashed censorship and suppression of conservative voices, was suspended from Twitter for about 12 hours last month, reportedly for alleging instances of voter fraud. The conservative political commentator has characterized big tech censorship as one of the most important issues facing the country, and he is right, and I agree. While it is not known whether the incident is connected to the suspension, on Monday, Crowder reposted a five-year-old video on his Twitter account in recognition of International Women's Day. In the video, he dressed up as a transgender woman and goes to exercise at a Planet Fitness, setting off the lunk alarm twice for dropping weights. I guess uh, the video reportedly sparked some outrage on the platform. I, I, I agree with the assessment to a certain degree. This is likely the reason that they issued the suspension. But when you go over to Google and you search for Steven Crowder, there are actually a bunch of stories saying controversial YouTuber uses disgusting racial slurs. Uh, There's a bunch of stories basically saying he used that racial slur. And you know what, man? I don't believe him. I really don't. You see, when the whole thing happened with that guy from Vox, whose name I'm not going to say, what they did was they took statements from, from Crowder out of context. So you had, this, you had this guy basically referring to himself with a variety of slurs. Crowder then said, so this guy says he's a whatever. This guy is a whatever because the guy was saying it. They then attribute that to Crowder himself. So imagine someone tells you that they're a firefighter and you're like, OK, Mr. Firefighter, well, then tell me. And like, aha, you said those words. Obviously, I'm not going to say what those words actually are, and I'll use firefighter as a standard, but you get the point. The point here with all of this, and the, and the bigger story I want to talk about was humiliation, propaganda, and censorship. So yes, Crowder is, is I believe, one of the most significant uh, stories in this regard. But this was a story we saw on the 7th. Mumford and Sons banjo player slammed on social media for supporting right-wing author. Now, this guy Apparently, I don't know if he tweets or whatever, but his like entire Twitter account was wiped. And it's just some tweet where it's basically like, I'm so sorry. I hurt everyone's feelings. That's what they want. That's what they want. If you don't give them that, well, then they'll suspend you and they'll try and remove you. The way I explained it before, uh, you know, in the past several years is that imagine we're all on this, you know, island. 
that's elevated by, you know, it's 100 feet up. It's this big plateau surrounded by water. And the waves are crashing at all sides. And the cliffs erode. You have the far right. The, the waves crash into it. The cliffs erode. And they all fall and drop down into the water. Now you have right-wing individuals who are standing at the precipice. The waves crash into that. The cliff erodes. And they all fall down into the water. And then you have moderate conservatives. Now the moderate conservatives are the far right. And as the waves keep crashing, people keep falling in. They want you suppressed. They want you huddling for warmth, begging the left to please let us in before the cliffs erode. And how many YouTube personalities did this? I don't need to say their names, but many of you probably know who they are. Very anti-woke, anti-critical race theory. All of a sudden, it turns out they're liberals. All of a sudden. This is what they want. The goal is to keep you humiliated and scared and suppress your ability to talk about ideas. And you know what? I'm sick of these people who seem to think, well, so long as I speak, you know, uh, quietly and, and behind the scenes and tell people how I feel, you know, we'll keep persisting. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. Disney just announced they're barring children from watching certain movies, certain classic movies like Dumbo and Peter Pan. If you want to watch it, you have to have an adult profile and it comes with a warning. What does that mean? Well, the parents will say something like, well, it's fine because I can turn the movie on for my kids if they want to watch it. They're taking away the agency of the kids who would actually do it themselves, who would be watching Disney Plus and be like, I'm going to watch Dumbo. Then the kids will grow up, many of them not having seen this. It is all about increments. Take a look at this absolutely pathetic display. Now, I feel bad. I feel bad from this from this guy, Winston Marshall from, the, from Mumford and Sons, because it was brave of him. To tweet out that he liked Andy No's book. For those aren't familiar, Andy No challenged Antifa, reporting on them more honestly than you'll get from much of the mainstream media. And this guy tweeted out in support of that. That was brave. He should have known what was going to happen. And instead of standing up for himself, he bowed down like a sobbing and weeping coward. What happened? Rock stars used to say what they wanted. They used to smash hotel rooms, smash their guitars. Jabal's drop off. Here's the Hollywood reporter. They say. In a now deleted tweet, Winston Marshall praised brave Andy No for his book on Antifa's radical plan to destroy democracy. Winston Marshall, the banjo player and lead guitarist of the Grammy winning British band Mumford and Sons, has been slammed after tweeting his support for controversial white right wing writer Andy No. I love how they do that. Controversial. Simply because a group of activists say, I don't like you, doesn't make you controversial. No, a conservative journalist who rose to prominence filming left-wing protests in Portland has become notorious for his associations with the neo-fascist white nationalist groups, the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer. No, he hasn't. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. But they don't want you to know the truth. That's it. And that's why it's, I'll tell you the worst thing in the world. I think Winston Marshall, uh, Winston, I hope you're hearing this. What you did is one of the most pathetic cowardly acts we've I have ever seen and is one of the most damaging things anyone could have ever done to the ideas of freedom, respect, liberty, liberalism, nonviolence, peaceful protest. You see, what you did was prove that people will beg, beg, beg on their knees, weeping like sobbing children for forgiveness for their transgressions. You could have said nothing and it would have been better. But instead, you have dropped to your knees crying showing how pathetic and weak people really are or can be. And this shows many people. Instead of seeing a brave individual say, shove it. I read books that I want to read. And if I want to tell someone to read it, too bad. You said, I'm so sorry, please. I just 
want money. Is that it? I would rather sleep under a bridge covered in my own waist in a trench coat, just slovenly shivering, knowing that I stood up for what I believed in and refused to back down than to beg to these psychopaths who burn down cities. It is sad. It is pathetic. And it is damaging to the ideas that you supposedly were professing. It's almost like you did it on purpose so that you'd show everybody when you stand up for what you believe in, you will be attacked and you will cower in fear. You know what? Team Crowder ain't doing that. He's, <laughs> he's close to the bandwagon and he's teetered on the edge of it before. They say, in a now deleted tweet, Marshall, who also goes by the music aliases Country Winston and WN5TN, congratulated No on the publication of his book Unmasked, which promises to take the reader inside Antifa's radical plan to destroy democracy. Quote, finally had the time to read your important book. You're a brave man, Marshall tweeted before deleting the message following a backlash and intense mockery of the band. One user wrote in a similarly deleted reply to Marshall's tweet, I may be naive, but banjo player from Mumford and Sons comes out as Nazi was not a headline I foresaw. No, but he does come out as a whining, sniveling coward. I was sympathetic. I was empathetic at first. I saw this and I was like, man, that's a bummer because the dude was trying to speak up to support Andy No and the work he's done. And instead, what he ends up doing is standing there crying, snot dripping from his nose, desperately begging for what? For what apparently, I guess he's like, you know, let me show you his statement. Let me show you a statement. He tweeted this. Over the past few days, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. And for that, I'm truly sorry. As a result of my actions, I am taking time away from the band to examine my blind spots. <laughs> Good. You deserve to lose your job because you have no spine. I don't mean it literally. It's just cancel culture is a bad thing. He was going to say, for now, please know that I that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of hateful, divisive behavior. I apologize, as it was not at all my intention. He got kicked out of the band. Canceled. You see, that's exactly the message they want everyone to see, which is why you, sir, are a spineless loser who is destroying the fabric of freedom, our right to freedom, free speech, freedom of association, and to challenge those who would threaten us with violence. So long as cowards like, like Winston Marshall exist, we will all be worse off for it. Antifa goes around smashing windows, burning down buildings. They brutally beat Andy No in the street, leaving him covered in blood and with broken teeth. And Andy No still had the courage to put up his middle finger and write this book. And you couldn't even put out a tweet you couldn't even defend a tweet. You did put out a tweet. I'll give you that much. And now you're taking time away from the band. Good. Good. I hope Mumford and Sons just falls apart because you do not have. I, I, I'm just I'm sick of these people who are supposed to be leaders of industry entertainment. I'm not suggesting the Mumfords and Sons guys are of political are, are politically relevant, but these are people who are standing on the stage that we all look at. We do take we, we, we do take examples from them. Not necessarily. Like, again, I'm not trying to stress and act like, you know, the top of the mountain is Mumford and Sons. No, that's probably the president. And by all means, we can criticize Trump for his behaviors for sure. But Mumford and Sons is still a band that a lot of people follow. When you saw during the, the, the Trump campaign for tw in 2020, you had rappers endorsing Trump. And a lot of people were like, like when Kanye did it, a lot of people were like, no, Kanye, what are you doing? It's like, I'll do what I want. 
And then you had a bunch of young people basically say that, like, I trust Kanye. And if he's he's about this, I'm right there with him. These these people, whether or not anyone wants to accept it, are thought leaders to a certain degree. Kanye is very outspoken, so he certainly is, whether you like his thoughts or not. Mumford and Sons, not so much, but they're still a prominent and famous band. So when they say things, it does have an impact. This guy dropped to his knees, absolutely dropped to his knees. Here's, here, here's the point. And, and I got another story with, with, with Piers Morgan. I'll show you how bad it can really get. They want to make sure you do not stand up for yourself. They want to make sure that you suffer. You are humiliated. And that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Take a look at this from Jake Tapper. This is what happens when you live in a country where there is no First Amendment. Insanity. Variety uh, from Variety, UK media regulator Ofcom launched an investigation after more than 41,000 people complained about Pierce Morgan comments on Meghan Markle. That's absolutely insane. Pierce Morgan, Meghan, Meghan Markle comments being investigated by UK media regulator Ofcom. Good for Pierce Morgan. Good for him. He's actually done a pretty good job standing up for himself. Apparently, he walked off the show. He's quitting. You know what he said? And I do not care about the royal family seriously. But this is an issue of freedom of speech, our right to express ourselves. Piers Morgan said he did not believe Meghan Markle. And you know what? Neither do I. I did not watch her interview with Oprah. I do not care all that much. But I learned it reading this story. He is now being investigated and out of a job. They say UK media regulator Ofcom has launched an investigation after more than 41,000 people wrote in to complain about ITV's Good Morning Britain host Piers Morgan's comments on Meghan Markle. On Monday's edition of the show, Morgan said he did not believe Markle's statement about mental health, which she made during her and Prince Harry's interview with Oprah Winfrey, which was broadcast in the US Sunday evening. Markle said that she had approached people in the royal institution for help after she had suicidal thoughts, but was turned down. He said, who did you go to? What did they say to you? I'm sorry. I don't believe a word she said. I wouldn't believe it if she read me a weather report, Morgan said on the show. I, I, I agree with Piers Morgan. I do not. I cannot envision a scenario, any scenario where anyone, even a little boy, randomly off the street in pauper clothes with a cane would walk up to anyone in the royal institution and say, please, I need help. I, you know, I, I'm suffering or something. They'd be like, OK, let me call someone. Meghan Markle says that she was she was it, it, she was turned down. That's insane. So I don't know. I think I think uh, uh, Pierce is right. Quote, we have launched an investigation into Monday's episode of Good Morning Britain under our harm and offense rules. An Ofcom spokesperson told Variety they are coming for the royal family. And I quite literally mean they are coming for the queen as well. So I, I jokingly tweeted impeach Queen Elizabeth because like I'm making fun of everything that's going on. And everybody seemed to get it. The British, the Brits were like, leave the queen alone, knowing I'm not serious. You can't impeach the queen. But think about what's happening. Piers Morgan defended the royal institutions from an American, a woke American. And the media goes to the defense of the woke American. But the British industry, the British Ofcom regulator, defends the American woke actress criticizing the royal family. That is bold. It's only a matter of time before the queen gets canceled herself. I guess she's abdicating the throne soon, but the royal family's on the way out, I guess. Maybe a lot of uh, Brits don't want to hear it. But when you can't stand up to an American actress, when she accuses you of bigotry and things like that, because the media will attack you for it, 
The dogmatic cult of the woke is spreading and it's becoming more and more prominent and powerful, which is why it's always why it's, it's very important that people like Steven Crowder are allowed to be edgy and make offensive jokes and comedy. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Uh, he, you know, when Steven did that, that video he posted where he dressed up like a, a woman, a, a woman, I guess I, I, I didn't laugh. I don't know. I, I more cringed. I just wasn't a fan. That's it. I've, I've criticized Crowder uh, on a variety of issues, and Crowder has me on a show, and, and I, I talk to him every so often, because I think reasonable adults can be like, I may disagree with you, but hey, you know, do your thing. I just don't watch it. I mean, I did watch it. <laughs> I watched it, and I was like, eh, whatever. I think Crowder does a lot of stuff I, I, I enjoy. He does a pretty good job. But I, I don't think even, you know, even, even Crowder would point out there's probably things about me that we're critical of, or that he would be critical of. And so... When reasonable, mature adults see something they don't like or hear something they don't agree with, they say, I disagree. And that's it. When I see Crowder do something, I'm like, I disagree. But it's ever more important to make sure that people have the right to express themselves. If you don't like what Crowder is doing or saying, aren't you glad he shared with you what he does so you can now understand what you don't like about it? No, they want to hide it all and shove it all under the rug. The worst part of all of this, Piers Morgan leaving the show is bad. Because he was an influence pushing back on a lot of the BS. Not anymore. Now you've gotten the Mumford and Sons guy. He tried to stick, you know, he, he tried to stick his neck out and I can respect it. But then he fall, falters like a coward. He couldn't hold the line. Dude, you're out of the band already. Just say F you. I'll do what I want. I'm just sick and tired of these people who have no spines. So my, my uh, 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 props to Crowder, because he certainly does. <laughs> He's going to find himself getting banned because he keeps pushing the eye. He keeps pushing the envelope. You know, he's pushing them buttons and he's he's refusing to back down, even even tweeting out about voter fraud and getting suspended for it. He's not backing down. We need more of that. We do. And if you don't like someone, you think they go too far. Well, you criticize them for it. But there has to be some kind of space. Now, let me just I want to add on on the end of this. When they cancel when they cancel books like Dr. Seuss, when they say they're not going to publish anything anymore, I actually don't care about that. I am not going to scream, how dare Dr. Seuss cease publication on six books? Because many things don't get made anymore. There are many depictions of art that, you know, companies and they say, I don't want to do this anymore because it's not selling well. And, you know, we're getting heat for it. I don't care. I do care that eBay bans the private sale of these things. I do care that libraries say they won't carry these things anymore. Bookstores saying we're not going to allow these to be sold, period. That's going too far. It's going too far. You can still go on Amazon and eBay and buy old racist advertisements and, and books. So it seems like they're trying to get rid of certain dissidents. That's that they want it. They want to create a monoculture where they control the narrative. And that means censorship will come for you. It will come for me. It will come for Mumford and Sons and it will come for Pierce Morgan. And it's only going to get worse. I'll briefly just mention, you know, Barry Weiss wrote this really a couple really interesting articles, the self-silencing majority, but also the miseducation of American elites, America's elites, affluent parents terrified of running afoul of the new orthodoxy in their children's private schools organized in secret. Stop organizing in secret. Start standing up and yelling it from the high heavens. I will not back down. Take your kids out of these schools. Stop being cowards. Just speak. Use your voice before you lose your voice. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. I'll see you then. Thanks for hanging out. Over on Twitter, I asked you, should Andrew Cuomo be in prison? Cuomo, of course, is the Democrat governor of New York State. And with 24,343 votes as of 1030 this morning, 92.3% said yes, 
he should be in prison. In one response, someone said the question should be, will Andrew Cuomo be convicted of any crime? And that, my friends, would probably overwhelmingly be no, he won't. For those who aren't familiar, Cuomo is accused. Actually, let me let me maybe, uh, litigation, you know, legal issues, defamation. I'm going to be very, very careful here. The Guardian says New York governor has been accused of conspiring to cover up COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes. Apparently, he was instructed, and most of you probably know this by now, that putting sick people in nursing homes would introduce the virus and result in their deaths. And when he had the opportunity, well, he is accused of conspiring to cover up the numbers. I'll, I'll be very precise with my language. Now, we don't think he'll go to prison for this because it seems like the only thing anybody really cares about in media is that six women have now come out and accused the man of impropriety. Okay, that's bad too, for sure, but he killed 15,000 people. Jeez. Well, there may be some comeuppance, but I really, really doubt it. This is the story that's actually well, surprising a lot of people. Macomb County prosecutor says criminal charges possible against Governor Whitmer over nursing home deaths. Now, it is true that Cuomo is being investigated, but I doubt anything's going to happen. We also have in Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who did basically the same thing, putting sick COVID patients into nursing homes. Apparently, they even put young people in nursing homes, which is insane because they didn't need to do that. In one viral moment, a, ma a younger man was brutally beating an older man. Well, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor of Michigan, may be facing criminal charges. WXYZ.com reports criminal charges could be in the works against Governor Gretchen Whitmer over putting COVID patients inside nursing homes used as hubs early in the pandemic. New Macomb County Prosecutor Peter Lucido says people who lost loved ones to COVID as residents or staff inside nursing homes should go back to get the vital information about the circumstances of their death and take that to local police and make a complaint as a wrongful death. Lucido says, with HIPAA laws, he can't get that information in his own investigation. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is currently under investigation for allegedly doctoring the number of COVID deaths inside nursing homes. Lucido says only five states, including Michigan and New York, use the care facilities at hub, as hubs. Only five states. In five states, they put sick people in nursing homes, killing the most vulnerable. Come on. Why is this not the headline in every single outlet? Lucido tells Action 7, 7 Action News, if we find there's been, a, there's been willful neglect of office, if we find there's been reckless endangerment of a person's life by bringing them in, then we would move forward with charges against the governor. Of course we would. Nobody's above the law in this state. Anyone who's had loved ones inside nursing homes during the last year knows about the pain of COVID deaths in isolation with no in-person visits. And, and I, want, I want to make sure we drive that point home. These are older people who they put the virus in the nursing home. And there are younger people, the children of, the, of our seniors who can't visit them. They were killed and then tortured to, it, 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 as they lay dying. I can only imagine. And I want you to think about this. Someone in their, in their 70s in a nursing home, they, they, they bring in a sick patient. This individual, you know, the seven-year-old individual gets scared, calls for their family. Sorry, your family can't visit you. Then you get sick. Then you lay dying and your family can't visit you. How many people had to experience this nightmare and then Cuomo tries to cover it up? And what do they complain about? Some women accuse him of a bunch of things. And don't get me wrong, that's bad too. The dude's an awful, awful guy. I want a perp walk. I want to see guys in suits with sunglasses on carrying, walking him out with cuffs behind his back. 
murdered 15,000 people and tried to hide it, cover it up. Lucido started looking into this last year as a state senator. He issued a statement in August that said more than 2,000 residents and 21 staff died in nursing homes, 32% of all deaths. Lucido is asking people to go back to the nursing homes and gather the vital information surrounding deaths and take it to local police. He will be meeting with Macomb County police to instruct them on how to process and verify the information and bring it to his office. Quote, why did my mom or why did my dad, brother, sister or aunt die? Was it because of the policy by the policy by bringing in COVID infected patients that spread to my mom that killed my mother? Lucido said after becoming prosecutor this year, Lucido asked fellow county prosecutors to form a blue ribbon committee for consistency investigating these cases. That association as a group declined and said Lucido should make the request to the Michigan attorney general and feds. Lucido provided letters showing he did that last May. The attorney general said there was not a proper basis to open a criminal investigation. The U.S. attorney said they would look into this into his request. Quote, I didn't receive a very warm welcome. This is not political, everyone. This is about people who passed away at the behest of a policy that was created by the governor. Lacido tells Action uh, 7 Action News. We got a statement from Governor Whitmer that says our top priority from the start has been protecting Michiganders especially seniors that are most vulnerable. The administration policies carefully tracked CDC guidance on nursing homes, and we prioritize testing of nursing home residents and staff to save lives. Early in the pandemic, the state acted swiftly to create a network of regional hubs with isolation units and adequate PPE to prevent the spread of COVID-19 within a facility. In addition, we have offered 100% of nursing home residents priority access to the vaccine. Both the former head of AARP, as well as an independent UM study, praised our work to save the lives in nursing homes. These people are as corrupt as they come. They watch your family members die. They obfuscate the numbers. And then they say, we all work together to save you. They have they have literally killed these people. And then they tell us they were the heroes. They're the ones who set the fire. They started the fire. And then they tell you they're the ones who are trying to. I'm sick of it, man. I want a perp walk. No justice, no peace, as it were, I suppose. But you know what the problem is? Where are the protests going to be for all of these people who were killed? Who were killed? You get one guy who loses his life to the cops and they will burn down a city. And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not, you know, trying to do what about us. I'm saying, OK, if you see that one person losing their lives, and you burn a city down. That's wrong. Don't engage in violence. But the peaceful protest, I absolutely support. What about now? Where's where's the mass protest in New York City? Someone needs to organize that. I want and, and I think Democrats are on board with this as well. We need hundreds of thousands of people marching, waving those signs. Arrest Cuomo. Governor Whitmer as well. The statement goes on. Mr. Lucido's comments are shameful political attacks based on neither fact nor reality. Even his former colleague, Republican Senator Ed McBroom, has said they have not seen any evidence or testimony that says that a nursing home was forced to take someone against their will. And there's a reason why Mr. Lucido's colleagues have publicly rebuked this politically motivated waste of taxpayer dollars. Michiganders are tired of these petty partisan games, and we won't be distracted by them either. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. This is one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen. One of the most infuriating and nightmarish stories we've ever heard. I remember back in the day when Obama was talking about universal health care and there was big concern over death panels. They would try they, they would sit down and determine whether or not you were given access to medical care if we get this universal health care system. There's real fears about things like that. We've already, you know, we already heard that the government, the U.S. was at, advising COVID vaccines to go to people based on race. 
And that's one of the big problems I have with this idea of universal health care. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of universal health care, full disclosure. I just don't see how, how, how you get past all that corruption because they'll start picking and choosing who they get to help and you won't. Now we can see what they do with these nursing homes. There was a million things they could have done. Let me ask you, how many lives made it worth it for these people? I hear over and over again, if it saves but one life, we must do it. But one life, wear two masks. If it saves one life, you have to do it. If it saves one life, why don't you build a temporary facility for those who are sick and not send people with COVID into nursing homes so that, so that people could watch their, their, their parents die? Publisher ceases promotion of Cuomo's COVID book amid nursing home inquiry. Good. But is that all? They say from The Guardian, the publisher of American Crisis, Andrew Cuomo's book about the coronavirus pandemic, will cease promotional efforts as, governor, as the governor struggles under a New York crisis of his own making. Cuomo has been accused of harassment by multiple women, of workplace bullying by former aides, and of conspiring to cover up COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes as the pandemic hit his state last year. The New York Times reported Crown's decision regarding Cuomo's book. The spokesperson telling the paper there were no plans for a reprint, citing the ongoing investigation into New York State reporting of COVID-related fatalities in nursing homes. Cuomo did not immediately comment. He has defended his handling of the nursing home issue and apologized for behavior described by women who claim harassment. But he has refused to resign. Despite calls from top state Democrats on Monday, Republicans in the state assembly began an attempt to impeach him. Good. Republicans, though, the Democrats didn't do it. I didn't think so. Take a look at what they'll do to you. You know, you don't want to be involved with these Democrat types because they will use you and abuse you and throw you under the bus at a moment's notice if it preserves their power. I'm sure there are many Republicans who are very similar, but here we go again. It's the Democrats. Andrew Cuomo was their shining star. Everything he said, they were, they were saying, should Cuomo run for president? At this time, when they were entertaining this, this, this praise, when they were screaming praise of this man who murdered all of these people, and, then, and now is accused of trying to cover it up, they were, they were saying he should be president. You know what? It makes sense. They love blowing up kids in foreign countries. I'm not surprised they'd want to put a sociopathic monster in the presidency. At least with Joe Biden, we get a fumbling, bumbling moron who can't speak straight. Kamala Harris, well, she's particularly awful, though, and probably worse than Cuomo. They go on to say, American Crisis was published in October. In its review, The Guardian pointed to how it came to be written. I, I love it. While the pandemic was still going on, Cuomo capitalized off of the media and he sold a book. He did. He, he, he literally sold a book about fighting COVID when he's one of the most insane, murderous psychopaths this country has ever seen. 15,000 people, 15,000 people. And I hear from the left, they say Donald Trump was the president and half a million, you know, 350,000, 400,000 people died. It's like, listen, it's one thing to make a mistake. And if Cuomo made a mistake, I'd say it's a nightmarish tragedy and he should not be governor. But I understand mistakes happen. So what do you do? No, Cuomo tried to cover it up. as so the story goes. And the reason for it is because they were scared they would be investigated. If people found out how many people Cuomo's order killed, they would investigate him. Oh, no. Cover it up. Let me just break it down for you. You can criticize Donald Trump's response. We have no metric by which to compare, you know, what Donald Trump did to any other uh, 
president at the time because we only have the one president and America is a, a unique country. Donald Trump may have done th- some things wrong. He may have been overconfident. He may have not responded properly, but it's hard to know for sure. Donald Trump sent the mercy that that medical vessel to New York to provide relief. You see, that's the difference between Cuomo and Trump. Trump said, send in these ships. I think one went to L.A., one went to New York so that people can we have we have the emergency hospital space. It's the it's it's you know, it's, it's one thing we can do. New York actually built they, they, they built up the Javits Center as an emergency hospital. So why did Cuomo do this? There's no answer. He just killed these people. That's it. They're going to say, quote, early in the pandemic, Andrew Cuomo's daily briefings emerged as must see television counter programming to the campaign commercials that masqueraded as presidential press conferences by Donald Trump. The New York governor was forthright and reassuring, even as the body count mounted. That's not true. He was lying and covering it up. But you see, what was happening was that Donald Trump was enjoying his highest aggregate approval rating during his daily press briefings on COVID. They needed to shut him down. So they all started pretending like Cuomo was doing a good job. I wonder how many people knew. I think we should have a full on Watergate style, 9-11 commission style investigation of, of Cuomo, his entire administration, everybody who worked for him. I want to know what they were talking about and what they were doing because they knew because they knew they say. But Green also wrote that Cuomo confronts criticism of his order directing that older covid patients be sent to nursing homes rather than hospitals which may have contributed to New York's high death toll. Although he pushes back, such claims are not going away. It has emerged that in summer 2020, when Cuomo signed to write his book, the state underreported deaths in nursing homes by as much as half. 9,250 deaths of residents being written out of the record. Federal prosecutors are reportedly looking into the matter. I want Whitmer. I want Cuomo arrested and in prison. It's one thing to be a bad leader. It's one thing to make a mistake. So maybe Whitmer gets off on that. She's just stupid. But Cuomo, he capitalized on this. He tried to make money off of this. In American crisis, Cuomo defends his handling of the issue. Quote, Republicans needed an, needed an offense to distract from the narrative of their botched federal response, he writes. So they decided to attack Democratic governors and blame them for nursing home deaths. He also writes, New York was number 46 out of 50 states in the nation when it came to percentage of deaths in nursing homes. So so you're saying that because you had less deaths, it's OK that you did it. It's amazing. You also take a look at New York and you compare it to Florida and Florida seemed to do way better than New York. New York was a disaster. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because Florida didn't put sick people into nursing homes. That ranking would have been worse for New York if it had not changed its numbers. Cuomo's book was subtitled Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. As Green noted for The Guardian, it contributed to a buzz of prospective appointment in the Biden-Harris administration as attorney general and was best viewed as a job application. The book was a bestseller, but sales have recently plummeted. As vaccines spread and cases fall, but authorities fear a fourth wave of COVID from new variants, Cuomo's various crises have returned him to the national headlines. In a statement on Sunday, the state, the state Senate majority leader, Andrea Stewart Cousins, said, we need to govern without daily distraction. For the good of the state, Governor Cuomo must resign. The harassment claims are being investigated under Letitia James, the New York attorney general. On Monday, she appointed two lawyers. There's a couple of ways to look at this. It may be that Cuomo is, is being thrown under the bus because Democrats just now are finding out how bad he really was. 
Or it could be that they knew all along and they waited until Joe Biden was in office to actually do anything about what these people were doing. And I think the latter. I think the Democrats knew exactly what Cuomo had done. I think they knew exactly what Whitmer had done. And they said, yeah, 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 yeah but you know, don't say anything because it'll help Trump win. So for months, Cuomo was, you know, he's, he's accused of covering all this up, of killing people. And I think they just didn't want to hurt their chances in November. It's almost like everything was getting backed up. And then right after the election, it happened. The news about Hunter Biden's corruption and the investigation into uh, uh, Biden's brother and his son, the nursing home deaths, all of it was just waiting until after Trump was voted out. Why? Because maybe people would have voted for Trump if they realized how corrupt and crooked the Democrats were. And that means Democratic leadership, prosecutors and people in media were unwilling to do their jobs. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. In fact, quite the opposite. It was just people who said, I don't want to do anything that will help Trump. And so they just didn't do it. That's it. That's corruption. That's how you lose a democracy. Check this out. I love this one. The Atlantic says Cuomo tries the Trump defense. New York's governor is trying to fend off misconduct allegations with a familiar refrain. Check this out. They say in 2021, it's becoming clear that they share more, you know, Trump and Cuomo, including a dubious handling of the coronavirus. The fallout from governor's scandals has revealed an, uh, another thing that links Trump and Cuomo, an insistence that accountability for their actions is somehow an affront to voters. Quote, there are some legislators who suggest that I resign because of accusations that are made against me, Cuomo said on Sunday. I was elected by the people of the state. I wasn't elected by politicians. I'm not going to resign because of allegations. The premise of resigning because of allegations is actually anti-democratic. You see what they've done? It's amazing. Some people speculate maybe these accusations against Cuomo are coming out to distract from the fact that he killed 15,000 people. All of a sudden, the Democrats take the bait. Oh, a social justice issue. That's more important than the 15,000 people who are dead. That becomes the narrative. And then Cuomo can just easily say, I'm not resigning because of these allegations. I want to see proof. And then the high profile pundits and the Democratic media establishment all start saying, well, you know, that this is very serious, these accusations against Cuomo, but we need to see evidence. Is that what they said about Brett Kavanaugh? <laughs> no. So what they've done is they've distracted from the real issue. And perhaps because there were many other states that did exactly what Cuomo did. Gretchen Whitmer did the same thing that Cuomo did. And if this scandal about Cuomo in the nursing homes keeps ex expanding and, and, and growing, which is why I'm covering it, and you should share this, it may ripple into other Democrat governors who did the same thing. And good. We need scrutiny. We need the public to say, this is what I care about. And so long as they distract us with these Me Too stories, then Cuomo can be like, I refuse to resign over these Me Too allegations. Like, bro, we're calling for you to go to prison for killing people. OK, I don't I don't care about whether you want to resign or not. I want you to be forcibly removed by law enforcement for the crimes you committed against the people of your state. I think a lot of people seem to think so. But I think a lot of people seem to think that it will never happen because these things never happen. I mean, look, the left accused Trump of all the crimes in the world He's not going to go to prison. Maybe the scrutiny from the state level in New York is bad for Trump and maybe something will happen. And on the right, they said, lock her up about Hillary. And that never happened because, of course, it's not. They're playing a game. You know, it's a big game. It's scripted nonsense for the most part. So these politicians have claimed it's just all a show. But it's getting more and more intense and more and, and crazier and crazier. And we just want to believe in the system. We want to believe that when you break the law, you go to jail. 
that there will be justice for those who have suffered because of what you have done. You, know, you hear the stories every day. There's a story of a guy who uh, went to a liquor store and he, and he robbed it because he was starving and homeless and hungry and he gets sentenced to years in prison. And then you hear about these banksters who defraud working class people out of their pensions for millions of dollars. And it's a slap on the wrist, white collar crime and, you know, house arrest. How about that? You hear about a man. There's this famous story where he, he robbed a bank of one dollar, just one dollar. And then he sat down and waited for the cops to arrest him because he needed health care. So they arrested him and then he got prison health care. Cuomo can literally kill 15,000 people and you can barely get anything to happen. Barely. That's the, that's the world we live in. So we need, we need reforms. We need justice and we need everyone to speak up about it. Maybe that will come for Gretchen Whitmer as the, the main story I talked about. And there's an investigation into Cuomo. So I, I, I hope we see it, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcats, a different channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.